Season 2 The New Paradigm Podcast The New Paradigm Podcast Welcome to Season 2 of the New Paradigm Podcast. We are your hosts, Galia Brahim and Jess Garcia. We are self-transformational life coaches. We inspire you to break free from limiting beliefs. We share our unique views on mental health, self-development, spirituality, and sovereignty. In this season, we'll have special guests sharing their inspiring story and their field of work to motivate you to step more into your power and manifest your best life. To learn more about our work and mentorship programs, visit us at schoolsofconsciousness.com. Maria West is an author and a leading expert in energy mastery, reality creation, and trauma-based mind control deactivator specifically focusing on hand-holding survivors of human trafficking, rape camps, satanic ritual abuse, cult, tribal, and NSP abuse, narcissistic, sociopathic, psychopathic, to evolve from victim to victorious. Well known for her laugh-out-loud humor and filter-free, disarming, electrifying, presentations, Maria is the author of Eft Wide Open, The Rude Awakening of the Heart-Based New Humanity. Welcome to the New Paradigm Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Maria West. And I want to start off by quoting your book, Everything in Existence Comes from the Same Source. We are the ascended masters. We are all sovereign beings. What initiated you in your healing journey? I was raised in a very violent, abusive, neglectful household by a man-hating mother who was raising her children on her own and was so filled with rage that uh, you know, I, I was horrified and afraid of her. And so being a child who had a natural vibrancy, I, I'm very loud, I'm animated. I love being in my body. I love beautiful things. I love nature. It was too much for her. And so she didn't have, uh, you know, the sort of, uh, abilities to regulate and moderate her her reactivity. So everything was met with a backhand or a slap or a shove or some kind of name calling. And uh, I thought that shit was normal. And then, uh, you know, when we came to America, I, I had neighbors who would invite me over. I mean, they kind of noticed that something was a little off with her. And uh, I would go to their houses and they, these people were loving. They were talking to each other. They weren't yelling or calling each other names or, you know, their moms weren't upset all the time. And they're so, and there were fathers there, you know, it's like, what? It made me realize that I wasn't a completely uh, 
a different position than the kids that I grew up with. And I realized this isn't right. It's not right. And I wanted something else. I wanted something else. And so, you know, the contrast of all of that, where you have name calling and abuse, and it's not just physical abuse, but it's, it's uh, sexual abuse and just emotional abuse, mental abuse. Uh, you just get your fill of it and the will to survive, the will to find something else, focus in on something else. I think it hit me very, very early. So I wanted to know answers, how the universe works. How can I better my situation? It, and a lot of it was me escaping. Like I pretended I was a fairy I, and <laughs> that kind of stuff. So I, I tend to default to uh, other realms of reality, unbeknown to me, that I later learned that, oh, those realms of reality are just as real. So that's how it started. That's beautiful. And thank you so much for actually being able to be vulnerable, because I know that in the beginning, it's really hard to actually share this because yes. you feel in a way embarrassed because we don't want people to know how it is at home. Yes. Because then yes. we go to our friends' houses and then we see this, like you see, like they have two parents, maybe they, it looks like they have, they're financially set and they have all the cool toys. And then you're just thinking like, wow, it's so different here. And then you start to realize other realities. Yes. And that really leaves a dark and really dense, but beautiful imprint and beautiful. And I mean, beautiful because this is what's going to actually be the awakening of our heart. Yes. Yes. And, and I felt and that like I felt very deeply connected to animals and to nature. Uh, the, the, the stars, I studied astronomy. So that's my that's my hard science background was in astronomy. And so for me, it, it just was such a weird juxtaposition to have all this love for nature and then you know, have this family that was basically very psychotic and, uh, and very, very frightening. So it, it was, a, a, you know, the split, I had to deal with the split and it, it was very, it was very challenging, very, very challenging. Yeah. I relate so much the way you describe it because I feel also like the madness. I feel the illness in the family and I can relate so much to what you are saying because in my family as well, I had, you know, like deep stories of demonic possession, like really deep stuff, you know? And I think it comes from this lineage, right? That we are healing, you know, like yes. this deep lineage and this attachment that they have to darkness. And not actually seeing darkness as light, but seeing darkness as something evil. And yes. because they haven't tapped into it, it's hard for them to really open themselves up to something else, you know, like to a bigger dimension of themselves. Yes, yes. And so my background was very limited. My, my mother is Filipina. And so mm -hmm. the whole Catholicism and just, but here's the thing is that, there was this hypocrisy within her where on the one hand she was religious and a devout Catholic. And then on the other hand, she was a psychopath. And, you know, oh. so living the split of, <laughs> of being sort of, you know, chaste and all this stuff. And uh, I also have a Jewish background, which I didn't relate much to as well. And so, and then to watch her do the stuff, I, I just kind of like, it made me, like not 
trust anything mm-hmm. around her, anything she said, the way she was, it, it was very apparent uh, by the time I was two that I was really on my own and I needed to figure it out. And fortunately for me, I had neighbors who uh, were Buddhists, who were uh, Hindus, who had a very uh, different approach to spirituality rather than religion, you know. And, and so that was really, really helpful because it made me feel like, okay, you know, we can just leave that over there and not focus in on that and focus in on something that's more life affirming, that's more natural, that isn't filled with, you know, these lies and this bullshit and this, oh, oh, you say this, but then you behave like this. I mean, you know, I needed, I, I, I think it's one of the reasons why I like mathematics and some science is that, uh, when you deal with numbers, there are there, there's no pretensies here. You know, you can prove both sides of the equation or not. And none of the math added up whenever I was immersed in that crazy, cray cray, you know, world of hers. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can I can truly understand how that feels because I feel like there's there we have some similar backgrounds as the single mother with the the father and everything that you were going through. And it sounds like with also the hypocrisy within the religion and having this Catholic background as well of, you know, where you were raised. And this this definitely is already a setup for many deep, distorted, dark programming that we are transmuting in our own lineage. So I would love for you to share with us, was there a very life-changing, like this major awakening that happened in your life that actually set you off to start into your deep trauma healing work? So I had a nanny, you know, my mom couldn't deal with me. So I had various caretakers and this one nanny was, she was actually very aware of not just my mother's situation and her craziness, but also what I was availing myself to. So I had a very active uh, relationship with the seen and the unseen. So my first experience was, I, I called them my light being friends. And they were balls of light that would come to me uh, in the dark, after everybody was asleep, um, I would either hang out outside and watch the stars and l- like really pray for a spaceship to come get me, honestly, because <laughs> I wanted so badly to escape. And a lot of that was, you know, influences of science fiction, which I adored as a child. No, but we feel you on this. I feel that's yeah. why we love yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had the same <laughs> thing. I would go outside and lay on the floor hoping to get just taken. Yeah. So, so there was storm. that aspect. And once it was dark, the light beings would come. And uh, so I would have these very intuitive psychic conversations where they were telling me about uh, the ways of the universe, the ways of creativity, the ways of just the laws of the universe. And uh, my nanny caught me having a really good time in my bedroom with the light beings. She saw them too. 
And she warned me. She said, you need to be very discerning when you are having these conversations, not to be so boisterous, because a lot of people cannot access this reality or what it is that you're seeing. And uh, you could be institutionalized. I mean, she told me very, very plainly to be careful because a lot of people are not going to understand your ability to see beyond and to just be careful. She also encouraged me, however, to stay true, to stay true to who and what I am and to, uh, you know, just really stay in the reality of who and what I am, regardless of what was going on around me. And at the time, I think I was like four or five, I didn't really understand the, uh, the sort of depths of it, but I understood it, you know, like I felt it in my body, felt it in myself that, oh, I, I really have to, I've got to be careful. Um, and one of the things that happened is I started seeing, uh, you know, I was very hyperactive and was put on Ritalin. I remember taking my first pill and feeling myself receding far, far away from reality. And I'm like, mm, no, I am so not taking this. So I would take that little pill and stick it in the philodendron, <laughs> <laughs> which was in the family room of my home. And that plant went crazy. It was all over the ceiling, all over, all over, all over. So that was one of the things. It's like, I just started advocating for myself. And rather than announcing it, I just did what I wanted to do. And uh, because it was easier to do that than to push up against it and get in her face, which would just activate all kinds of like rage and craziness. And, and it's like, you know, I don't need that. I, I don't need that. So that's essentially what started it. It's just many different ways, little things that I started doing for myself because it was like, that's not true for me. I'm not doing it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. Mm. I love this because you just talked about what is truly an awakening and how it manifests into our life. It's like, you know, this reality becoming distorted, you know, this reality becoming distorted. And now we actually, you know, like we actually face something that is, you know, like bigger, like higher and yes. tapping into this multidimensional self. And yes. The way you express it. So thank you so much. And one of the and other things that I did as well is uh, everybody was like focused in on the television. I had cousins that lived with us as well. Everybody, they, they were like zombies, you know, just and I remember there was one particular news thing. So when I was growing up, it was all about Vietnam, all about Vietnam, on and on and on and on and on. I mean, it was blood and gore, all kinds of stuff. And I remember walking because everybody was upset. I, I, I was like six, maybe, maybe younger, walking around and pulling the cord, pulling the power from the TV. I'd done that before. Uh, for some kind of political person's funeral, everybody was upset. I did the same thing before. It's like, why watch something that is going to upset you and just kind of stay there like a zombie? Like, I didn't get it. It's like, you're upset. 
why watch it? So I just figured, you know, I'm just going to pull the plug. Why not? And unfortunately, it would piss everybody off because all of a sudden, you, you know, they're having to snap out of this, you know, this kind of thing that's like going on and they don't even know what's happening. I was on my own, seriously on my own. So I want to ask you if you could tell us more about the heart-based humanity. Is it a movement? What is it? I really believe that the heart-based new humanity is our original divine state as humans or as spiritual beings having a human experience. And uh, so I believe it's our natural state. And I believe that more and more of us are waking up to this natural state and coming back, you know, and, and not as a form of uh, main truth is truer than yours or, or you know, that kind of nonsense. It, it's really coming from a place of uh, true embodiment that we are loving, creative beings. And that's what we're here to do is we're here to love and we're here to create. So that's my, that's my, that's my stance on it. And unfortunately we've been, uh, everything has been over the millennia by the ruling class families, the powers that want to be, I, I call them that the demons that are like running, running the world, running the matrix The matrix for me is a satanic inversion of the true quantum field creation field universe. So rather than being humans, uh, creative beings here to move formless into form in the true quantum field universe, we are inverted into slaves. We're limited. The matrix tells us who and what we are prescripts us into these modes modes and these roles and these you know I, I mean people people tell me well you know I was born I'm gonna do everything that my family's done because that's just what we do I hear the shit all the time and it just it blows my mind I mean I really want to take like cold water and just splash it on people when I hear that shit because do you realize what the fuck you're saying? Like, I can't believe it. I just, and they they are earnest in what they say. Like, they really believe that shit. Frustration, right? Because we see it yeah. happening. And it's actually like part of actually us not being triggered by people's frustration and then just yes. allowing things to be. And I, yeah. I, I love how you describe this heart-based humanity because it's us coming from our heart space yes. remembering yes. that we are this universal love and we are on this planet that is obviously we feel into the polarities we're experiencing the light and the shadow yeah so we yeah. need to be able to accept things as they are and just know that we're only here to take personal responsibility exactly and, and that's a problem no one wants to take personal responsibility within the matrix it's somebody else's fault and You're going to pay for it. I'm going to blame you. It's all your fault. You made exactly. me do it. Like, exactly. huh? <laughs> and this fallen matrix is, is all about hypnotizing, right? And yes. just really imprinting things through subliminal messages yes. in our subconsciousness. Yes. Hijacking our attention, whether it's through pain or trauma or uh, riches, greed, power over others. Sex. I mean, 
Yes, sex. I mean, that's one of the lowest common denominators. Sex, money, power, survival. I mean, those are the main ways, the main topics of hypnosis, of mm. hijacking one's attention. Mm. And, and then you have new age bullshit that's trying to tell you that, oh, you've got to awaken. It's on love and light. I mean, God, I just, I start laughing when I hear that shit. I remember the first time I heard that, I thought, Mm. I, think, I think this person actually believes this, you know, and so anger, anger is a negative vibe. No, anger is the seed for change. That's why it comes up and people push it down and push it. I don't know if you've ever seen people who stuff that anger down and they try to smile. They can't do it. Their faces are frozen because they're full of shit, basically. And they're full of this toxic energy where they're just thwarted and frustrated and pushed down into this teeny, teeny, tiny little box when they should be expansive, when they should be telling somebody to fuck off, where they should be leaving a situation, leaving a job, leaving a relationship, leaving a city, leaving a reality and forging out on their own. But the matrix says, no, you can't do that. You know, or they're so uh, tuned into a prefabricated script, they don't even realize they're following the script. They actually think they have free will. And all they're doing is following a prefabricated script. And that's what they're doing. And then they die. And then they come back and do it again. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. The trap, it's just continuing to recycle the same energy. Yes. It never yes. evolves beyond it because it's just, it's in a hypnosis. So it's yes. recreating the same subconscious pattern over and over again. It just changes the experience, yes. uh, the character, but it's still the same pattern. Yeah. That has yeah. Not so it, it's a movie, The Matrix. Everybody in the matrix that's stuck there is in their prefabricated movie. And this goes for generational bullshit. It goes for any of the divide and conquer shit shows within the matrix. Everybody's just following the script. So unless you wake yourself up and snap the fuck out of it and exit it on purpose and compose your own reality as a true sovereign being having a human experience. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be creating and contributing to the expansion of the true quantum field creation field universe, not the expansion of the enslavement of humanity within the matrix. You know, it's like, yikes. Yes, definitely. And I would love to actually dive into your book because this is where I know you, you talk all about, the stuff that right now you're beginning to really hit. And I would love for you to share more about your book called Eft Wide Open. So the uh, the sort of initial idea about the book, it wasn't my idea. It, I was actually doing a training in Bulgaria. And uh, it, it was a very interesting mix of people because a lot of people didn't speak English. And uh, my Russian is very poor. And uh, so I had uh, a friend who was interpreting. And um, even though we had a language barrier, it was very, very clear that people were like really getting where I was coming from. And this was a trauma deactivation 
practitioner training. So uh, it, it was one of my uh, one of my lead-ins to the sort of big training. So this was the the sort of first step, and people were getting it. Like they were really feeling heard because a lot of these men and women had escaped communism. They had escaped all this sort of totalitarian mind control, body control. You can't go anywhere. There's there's uh, uh, armed soldiers. You're being starved. I, I mean, just this unbelievable litany. You're being starved or you're being trafficked. Okay. So one of the suggestions came through the interpretation that I really needed to like put this in a book form and to really just kind of lay it out because the first part of the training is really about how the matrix serves not humanity, but the demons that are actually running the world and creating all this for their own benefit. And one of their benefits is that they get to they get to use humanity as puppets, marionettes, get them to do their bidding, you know, dangle a few little carrots of power, fame, fortune, power over others, power over the resources in order to control humanity's behavior within the matrix. So you're either a perpetrator or you're a victim. There we go. So the divide and conquer. And so. I was told over and over again, we need to get, we, we need to get this because, you know, I was laying it out in modules and uh, I, I honestly, I remember uh, going back to my hotel room and, and like, fuck, I don't want to do that. I, it just scared the shit out of me. And then little by little by little, I realized, girl, this is like practically written but what I needed to do is that I needed to personalize it. And so that was the process. It, and it was a 10-year process, almost 10 years, of me taking my curriculums and then inserting my personalized stories, and so which is com- the complete antithesis of what I teach. Because people who work with me, they get to tell their story once, maybe twice. And then you shut the fuck up about it. I don't want to hear it again. We're going to deconstruct it. Okay. We're going to deconstruct it. We're going to intend. You're going to intend a different life for yourself. You're going to tell a different story. So for me to go back and insert my personal story and recapitulate all that shit, it was a fucking nightmare because number one, I was pushing up against it. I had resistance to it. It was antithetical to what I was teaching. I felt like a, a, a hypocrite, a fraud. But at the same time, if I did not do it, it wouldn't be real completely. It would be like this, you know, I'd be like a talking head instead of an embodied person who, it, because I mean, what is it? What is it that we do in deactivating trauma and trauma healing? We are embodying it, integrating it into the cells. There is no, there is no polarity. It's an integration of the totality of your experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the amazing, the, the blissful, 
and you become a whole human. Okay. All the while owning your attention. And that's what spiritual awakening is. It is owning your attention. It is not allowing yourself to be hijacked by the shit shows in the matrix. And if you are hijacked, you know how to wake yourself up and snap your ass out of that place. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have to do it all the time. You know, people, new age bullshit says spiritual. Once you're spiritually enlightened, everything's, you know, it's nonsense. It's not a one-off event. It's a constant thing. That's why they call it a spiritual practice, because there's so many things that are going to grab your attention. You know, we have we have three attention centers, the outer screen of the shit show, the inner screen that goes on in your head based on what you're witnessing and the center screen where you can observe the shit show and the shit going on in your head and have full capacity to be in your power completely awake and conscious and be able to activate your creation field and compose a different reality because people think, well, the power of now, you know, that was a great book, but you know what? It was new age bullshit. And I'm going to tell you why, because (laughs) the power of now is a done fucking deal. You can't change it. When you create reality, you are composing the upcoming frames. You can't change what you already see because it's based on the past yeah it's exactly. like this kind of like uh catchy sentences like yes. of attraction yes. uh, you want to manifest this into your life you want to manifest yes. money and all of these things are just like part of this big agenda and oh my agenda. god i know and the divide there's a divide in new age bullshit there's a divide in feminism there's a divide in in technology, there's a divided. Met- there's a divide. Yeah, I mean, I uh, was banned from a talk uh, that I was supposed to give in Toronto a few years back because, and I didn't know what was going on. I was given a piece of paper. They wanted me to sign it that acknowledged the ninety plus pronouns of different genders. Ooh, I thought my head was gonna fucking explode. I'm like. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. And and they were very, very serious that uh, uh, there was a climate where you fuck up on this, you will be arrested for a hate crime. And I'm just no. like, wait, no. No. I'm oh, sorry. No. My oh, talk no. is about the integration of the masculine feminine within. I am not signing a piece of paper. And they said, well, then you can't speak. And I'm going, OK, I won't speak. And sometimes you just got to make the call. You can't compromise. It really reminds me of the one of the latest podcasts that we did, and we talk about this. And she was telling me, she was asking me, so how many pronouns do you think that there are out there? And I, was I don't like, even know. I think like maybe a thousand. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was like this. It's what, this is another way of the biggest hijack ever. Now totally, totally. More divide. Let's just now split and hate each other. And here's the thing. Forget about what's true. Here's the thing. Change the outside of your physical body and your gender. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my one of my ex-girlfriends, who is now a man, okay, because at one point in my life I identified as bisexual. Then I identified as lesbian. Okay, I've done it all. It's like, whatever. I'm just a human being. I love who I love. I'm attracted to who I'm attracted to. It doesn't matter. But this person that I was with is now a man, 
resents the fact that the transgender that he is part of is being hijacked and politicized by people who don't know a fucking thing about what she to he has gone through. And it is a personal journey. And it's one of those things that you can't lump it and then, you know, sit there and divvy it up so that you can get votes or so you can weaponize woundology, so you can weaponize trauma. I mean, it just, it blows my mind. So dare I say, the matrix is nothing but trauma-based mind control. It's just controlling everybody. You can't do this. You can't do that to mask or unmask. You know, me being asked on a Zoom call to put on a fucking mask. Are you kidding? Like, hello? I remember you mentioning it. It's crazy. That is wild. That's on another level again. And speaking of all of Another level of stupid craziness. Like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. But then, you know, at the same time, I don't get it. And I don't fall for it. I don't fall for it. I laugh it off and I just, yeah, okay, let's just swipe left. Let's just do something else. Beautiful. You know, and, and that's what it is when your attention is hijacked. You got to catch yourself going to sleep. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself asleep in the matrix and it's too late. And then you'll have to wake yourself up. Either mm-hmm. way, you have to own your attention. And it is your attention that waltzes in and out of the matrix. So, when you start that awakening process and you start waltzing in and out of the matrix and you are residing more from your center screen, your attention center and composing reality, composing your life and up-leveling your life, what happens is you become the director of your own movie and everybody else in the matrix is an actor in your movie. And that because of your ability to compose your reality and own your attention, okay? The matrix actually conforms and becomes a cooperating component in your life. That's when it's amazing. And that's, you know, that's part of my purpose in in this work that I'm doing, you know, is to like really teach people how to do that because, that is our true nature. We are creative beings. We're grand creators. And the matrix, and here's the thing about the matrix, the matrix doesn't even know it. It just sees us as energy food to hijack our attention and our energy and our lives and get us to believe that we can't do this and we can't do that, or we can only do this and that because our families did it for generations and generations. And how rude of you to not be loyal. I mean, it's just like, Man, there is no trick or tool that they do not use to keep humanity in line and mm. corralled. And this, I really feel it through the mind because it really happens and the way it manifests because we also like, you know, like talking about lower entities, but understanding how these lower entities are just working, you know, like towards making us believe that we're not sovereign that we're limited, you know, yeah, and exactly. all these kind of things. And it happens through mind control. And yeah. this is something you can truly yeah. experience. And yeah. if we don't pay attention, if we don't switch it off, 
then yeah. actually this lower self talking and kicking in, this is a part of the matrix. Yes, absolutely. And the deep inner work really begins when you start noticing the sort of polarity within yourself, whether it's that your inner masculine or your inner feminine going to war with each other. Like I, I, I was a bad bitch once upon a time and I was emasculating my inner man. And I felt sorry for the dude because I'm just like, I'm just like, you know, just really fucking upset with shit. And, and he's just like going, I don't know what to do. I don't have any more balls. You know, you want this and you want that. And I don't do it right. And, and then I realized, whoa, okay, girl, you got to snap out of it because my inner dude is actually on my side. My inner feminine is giving him this false information because she's pissed. She's pissed. And why is that? You know, because there is this programming of the divide and conquer. And I had to get straight with my shit on that and really saw what I was doing to myself. And so for me, as a woman, you know, and I am also saying this about men because they have to figure this out. Our masculine is the part of us that can be out in the in the world, be out in the universe and do stuff. Our feminine is the part of us that's magnetic and creative. It comes up with the ideas. The masculine is actually uh, integrating that information and making it so, taking action. So it's like, oh my God, you know, when you start seeing the divide within yourself, you're able to step back. And you have more compassion. You have more compassion for your sisters, more compassion for your brothers. You know, I feel badly for men, for a lot of men, because they can't do anything fucking right. I mean, they get blamed for the entire history of humanity based on the shit shows of the demonic powers that want to be. And in truth, these men have suffered they have suffered, 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 suffered. And I'm not minimizing the suffering that women have done as well. But, you know, and I get into a lot of trouble because you're not a fa- No, dude. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Nobody can accuse me of, of being anti-feminist. I'm not. I'm not. I just don't believe in man-hating. I don't believe in humanity hating. I don't believe in victim consciousness. I believe in self-responsibility. Whether you're a man or a woman, take responsibility for what you do and what you don't do. Mm -hmm. And a story. And I get so much shit for that. It's like, okay, whatever. I I don't care. You know, I'm not here to please people. I'm not here to be friends with with most people. You know, I'm here really to snap people And so that they can get back into alignment with themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. and to see the divide and conquer and everything that they adhere to within the matrix, you know, and so many people go unchecked, unchallenged, unquestioned with all this matrix bullshit. You know, it's like they don't even know how to do research. They look up Wikipedia. That's one of the worst fucking things you can do along with the (laughs) Google. It's like all that has been Wikipedia, no? You had one. <laughs> you had one. <laughs> so funny. Oh, yeah, oh it's a, man. It's a, it's a funny world. And I would love, actually, I want to quote something from your book. 
And you quote, you say, as children, we were programmed to believe what was good about being female, as well as what was bad, or even evil about being female. Yes. Can you elaborate? Yes. A bit more for our listeners, please? So I learned English in a very Catholic school that was UK based. And so one of the things, the whole thing about Adam and Eve, like I call it the mythology of Adam and Eve, and also the mythology around the, the evils and the feminine vials that she made me do it. Oh, my God. You know, men losing control, losing their shit over a woman. And it's her fucking fault. I mean, I just like I have this 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 sort of thing going on when I was growing up. I remember when my period started. (gasps) It was met with such fear and disgust. And now I I couldn't do certain things uh, because men would not be able to control themselves. I'm just like, (laughs) like, and it made me realize, wow, there is so much bullshit to this. Like, this carte blanche, let's just blame it all on women or blame it all on men. It's the same mind control. Whether you want to blame it all on men or blame it all on women, it's the same shit. And you can't get away from it because it's so ingrained in our mythology and in the mind control of humanity, the war between the sexes, Mm. all of that. It's just ingrained in that. And it's ingrained in our mind control about sexuality. And I'll just say, make plain about it. We are all programmed to be sex slaves unless we were consciously conceived outside of the matrix by parents who consciously conceived us because they had completed the great work and were living mostly in their center screen in the true quantum field creation field universe. Sorry, we're all programmed to be sex slaves. I was definitely, you know, and I still at 62, I'm still fucking around with some shit in that vein where I don't have it straight, where I sit there, I catch myself, wait, did I just think that? No, I don't believe that, you know, but there are certain, certain trigger thoughts or uh, emotions, or just these body, visceral, you know, when you just feel it in your body and you start to kind of notice a quivering, or you start noticing a whole trajectory of thought forms, and you're going, wait, you wake yourself up. Is that mine? Where's that coming from? Is that a thought ball coming from the whole entirety of the mental field of human existence? You know, I don't know. So I've had to like excavate a lot of these things. It's particularly if it captivates me enough so that I lose my center, and you know, and I'm, woo, I'm in my inner screen tripping out on, on shit, you know? I mean, the self-awareness does not stop. The work is continuous because as spiritual beings having a human experience, in the true quantum field creation field universe, we're expanding, we're ever becoming, ever evolving, ever being. So it doesn't stop. Hmm. Powerful, powerful. 
And can you explain to our listeners how traumas are passed down from generation to generation? Well, they're passed down from generation to generation because there isn't one person that has excavated the shit. And, uh, but the beauty of that is that it only takes one person on either side of the generations, the lineages, to change the fate of their tribe in each direction, in each lineage, okay, in all directions, past, present, and future. So mm-hmm. that great work is so imperative because it is one of the main controls for the matrix to keep us all, you know, we're not going to like, you know, well, why are you a doctor? You hate it. Why do you hate being a doctor? Well, it's just because all us women, we just do. I hear that shit. And I'm just like, stop, stop it. You know, well, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? I want to do art, do art. But you can't, you know, I, and there's all these prefab, you can't do this, you can't do that, there's no money, you know, it's just like this, uh, and then there are those who have the audacity to be who they are, the audacity to have, the audacity to create what it is that they want, and uh, to be an artist, and they're just, they're killing it, you know, how is that, and, mm. and it really is, it really is what you are determined to allow yourself to have. That's the bottom line. But in the matrix, we're all unworthy. We're all sinners. You know, we're all incapable, helpless, stupid, whatever. You know, it's just like, just just pick, pick one. You know, you know what you are saying? It truly reminds me of this figure of the scapegoat, you know, The scapegoat actually, you know, like having the burden of the entire family, carrying yes. the burden of the entire family. And this person is actually here to transmute. And yes, transform. yes, yes. And what's funny about scapegoats is that, the family. right, well, and scapegoats are often banished and they flourish. They flourish. They're doing their lives. Exactly. I'm doing my life. I, you know, I don't have contact. <laughs> with my family. I chose that. And, uh, and I think everybody has to have a crossroads because what I'm noticing with people who do deep trauma work, either for themselves uh, or for, for other people as, as a vocation, as a calling, is that the people who fail quite often in their healing journey will often revert back to the tribe because they can't take the pressure or they, they can't stand on their own, they can't do it. They need that validation. Or e- even if it's no validation, they need to be able to chase that phantom and they can't stand on their own. And when you do this work, you're going to get thrown under the bus. The tribe isn't going to like it. They're not going to like it. This is why we are in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust, we have left everything behind and I completely yeah. feel it. And yeah, it's just... Everyone has their own journey and we just have to follow our hearts and they absolutely others. But for a lot of us uh, that are doing this deep trauma work and also it's our life path or calling, a lot of us tend to actually like leave where yeah. we were born yeah. and just continue our work and continue to evolve. 
And yes. I feel like it's just a natural process that is part of healing. You need to remove yourself out of the toxic environment that created trauma mm. in the first place. Absolutely. It's not fertile things. ground for your up-leveling, for your ascension into becoming who you truly are. Exactly. It's super challenging because you can be there and you can go back to your childhood and do this as part of your healing. But then you understand in part of your healing that this is it. I had, I've done my work. I did what I need to do here now. And now my only way is to expand and explore and create my own reality outside of what I'm used to. Yeah. Outside of this environment that I appreciate. I'm in deep gratitude because now I can do my work from this. It's like, this is the inheritance. This is my yes. inheritance. Yes. It's the launch pad, basically. Exactly. You exactly. know, and the desire, the desire and the passion to get to the truth, to get to the other side. You know, it's the hero's and heroine's journey into the underworld, onto the overworld and the overstanding of everything. You know, you're actually acknowledging the tremendous uh, challenges that your ancestors went through mm. because mm. all of the, what they went through that everything they've gone through has actually contributed to the passion within you that's being lit and being uh, um, uh, called forth to be shared with everybody else that is looking for your medicine, that's looking for your wisdom. And, you know, for me, that's the crime of the enslavement of humanity is that there are so many people that are just, they're never going to get out of it. They're never going to get out of it. And it's very sad to me. And at the same time, I do have, you know, I compose a different reality. And in my world, it's a different, in my universe, it's a different reality. I feel you completely. And it can be said, and this is something that now being, what is it, 15 months now, 14 months away from my home, my home country, my seeing my family, like my mother, you know, my siblings, my nieces, my sister's pregnant now, and I'm not going to be able to see my newborn niece when she's yeah. born because yeah. I'm going to have work here to do. And yeah. I don't resonate with going back to California anytime yeah. soon. So yeah, me neither. Me neither. I feel, like, I feel like it's also healing to create this physical distance with your family because sometimes, you know, like you don't have choice. Like in 2018, I had to leave because the environment I was in was so toxic. Absolutely. My life impossible. So I had to leave. That's it. Yeah. And people yeah. told me, oh, are you not ashamed, you know, like you left your mom and stuff like this? And no, because I needed to do it for myself. Okay? Absolutely. I needed to take care of myself. I needed to get into this healing journey. Yes. And this was the most important thing for me at that time of my life, because, you know, my entire life, I had to take care of my mom and now I had to take care of myself. You know, I had to take yeah. care of the inner child, you know, the absolutely. And that's what we have to do to learn about what sovereignty is. Mm, yes. You have a right to your life. Exactly. And this is actually creating a healthy boundary because we recognize that we have this love for ourselves, and we shared the time we had to share 
with our loved ones. But now it's like either we choose to please them or the people that I grew up yeah. that we grew up with. Yeah. Or we're going to choose to listen to our higher self, listen to our calling heart yes. and actually take that leap of faith. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's not Definitely. for everyone. And I no no it absolutely is not for everyone. Because it's, it's super tough. It's not easy, but it's, it's doable for anyone who has the willpower and commitment in their own spiritual evolution and, and healing this deep, deep intergenerational traumas, these lines that, we were born in these timelines to be able to transform. Yep, and so I want to also like clear this out. It doesn't mean that we have hatred in our heart. It just means that we are able actually like to forgive with him. We are able yes. to send love from, you know, like a far away place. We are able to do that, but we don't need, you know, to be with our parents, to be with our family, to feel this uncondition unconditional love. Yes. Because we are timeless. We will be feeling love, you know, eternally. So we don't need to be physically present. In that the life that is a life. very, very good point. That's a very to good point. Able, like, love to them from afar. Have okay. a connection or maintain a connection. Exactly. And for me, it was the best choice I have ever made to actually have this distance with my mother. Because now our relationship is so much more, you know, like more like healthy and positive. Yes. Because she's able like to see me and seeing, you know, like my success and watching me and I don't have to be impacted by her and right. everything that she has inside that is preventing me from realizing my full potential. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So, yeah. That's very, very true. I know for myself. So what happened for me was and it, it was very weird because uh, I had just turned 55 so this is in uh, 2014 and my book was getting ready to launch. So this was the first edition of Aft Wide Open. And uh, so it had gone, it had gone live. Now I had had a previous launch with a different publisher and they decided they, before they published it, that they wanted this section taken out and this section, I walked away from it. So I did, I did a different thing. So this launch was very important because it was a culmination of almost 10 years. So I called my mother to tell her, to tell her that, oh, it's gone. And I had just got, uh, received the books physically. Uh, UPS had just dropped, dropped off a, a set and I was excited about it and holding it in my hand. I mean, there was something really magical about it and it went live on Amazon. So I call her, you know, the thing to do with my mom is that you have to ask her how she's doing. So I never, with, without fail, I never, I always start with that. Then I go into this thing. Now, my mother is a very frustrated, creative person, mm -hmm. you know, bless her heart. And she got pissed, like all of a sudden, instead of congratulating me, and that was all that I wanted, my bad, I wanted that validation, at least. You know, like, congratulations, good job. You know, I'm 55. It's like, I'm not expecting hugs and kisses or a party or anything. So when she told me that, accused me of not asking how she was and that I was a selfish, self-centered person talking about myself and my, my book, no congrats there. She literally told me, that I was selfish, told me to fuck off and die and hung up on me. 
but this is jealousy. Wow. And I'm looking at my little iPhone and I'm thinking, all righty then, you got it. Well, you know, you know, we never, we've never spoken again. You know, and what I feel fine about it. You know what I mean? It's like, she did it. I didn't do it. I'm just, you know, I'm just aligned with that decision. And I'm telling you what it did is that it started cleaning up a layer of my reality at that point where all of the false, all of the, the agents of pretenders who are supposedly had my back, they were all outed. And my entire life in 20, end of 2014, 2015, went to shit where I discovered everybody that was stabbing me in the back, stealing money from me, on and on and on. My nine-year-old YouTube channel went down, deplatformed completely. And I literally moved out of California like that. And I moved out of the country basically for three or four years. Nobody knew where I was. And uh, so long story short, it's like when you make the declaration to put yourself first, the universe starts conspiring and just outs all of the, the distortion, all of the liars, all of the cheaters, all of the backstabbers, all of the so-called users in your life, they all get outed. And sometimes you got to burn the house down. Figure like hacking the matrix. Yeah. Like, yeah. On, yeah. No, it was, it was really a shit show of like unbelievable proportion where you think you think you're launching something amazing at which you are, but you live it down like fucked wide open. Oh my God. It's like the universe just said, yeah, girl, you got to walk your talk. Just going to get rid of all the shit. And that's exactly what the universe did. So that's what happens. That's exactly what it is. And that's actually where the power lies, right? Like when you yes. get stripped to the zero point and from zero point you reconstruct and I would yes. love to ask you, actually, mm -hmm. if you could share some tools for self-mastery, something that you can recommend for our listeners. For I, you know. think, I think the best self-mastery tool, and uh, it, it's not something that I came up with, but there, there's a book. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly, exactly what it is, but it's The Marriage of Spirit. And it's, I, I believe the woman's name is Leslie Temple Thurston. And what she did is that she created these polarity exercises and uh, she calls them the squares exercises. And they are my favorite thing next to journaling and burning. So I, I had a collection of journals. And, and uh, so what I do with these journals is I finish the book and I burn the motherfucker. You know, mm -hmm. I know people that have storage units filled with their shit. And they wonder why their lives don't change. They can't let go. If, if they can't let go of it, you, you have to burn that shit. Okay, you gotta burn it. Because if you don't, and it's the same regurgitation over and over and over again, because you're just empowering. Yeah, you gotta let it go. So the squares polarity exercises are what, what I recommend because what it does is that it excavates the totality of human experience, like the, the desire to be loved, the fear of being loved, 
the desire to not be loved, the fear of not being loved. And you write down everything under each of those headings. And then there's a prayer of integration that integrates the totality of that exercise, your experience as you're excavating it. And it's very powerful to, you know, from your head um, into your heart, into your body, through the pen, through your hand. I recommend longhand, not the computer, uh, because the power of excavating it and writing it down on paper and then burning it, uh, it's powerful. Powerful, powerful. So that is my recommendation. And what that does too is that it it actually balances and harmonizes the brain spheres so that they are integrated. It integrates the masculine and feminine, the being and the doing. Okay. It integrates the polarities of is this, is that because in the end, the Taoist would say everything eventually becomes its opposite. So we've got all of this experience, the totality of human experience, the polarities and the opposites and everything beyond and within. So by excavating that, the mind shatter, your ability to focus your attention, what is important to you, your ability to, whoa, line up with what is important to you, to actually feel it in the body because it's not here anymore. There's not a ping pong match going on in your head. It Rather, you've brought it down. You've integrated it. So I highly recommend it. And it's free. I mean, you know, except for the cost of paper and a pencil or a pen, um, a journal and a, a, a match. To life. I absolutely love this exercise and I'm going to definitely include it in my practice. So awesome. you can be like, you know, like in the middle of all and you can actually see the things for what they are. Yes. Yes. Like while you are really yes. confronting with the, you are confronted with the truth. So this is like really powerful. So definitely I'm going to, I'm going to apply myself Definitely. doing it. And I want to ask more about your spiritual practice because I'm curious about what you are doing each morning. You know, you get into a little ritual. What are you doing? I, you I have, I live very intentionally. And I, so I am a creature of spiritual practices, habits, good habits. Uh, I meditate 15 minutes. That's it. And much of my meditation is really over a cup of coffee, honestly, and really uh, intending, pre-paving my day. Uh, I have a physical practice of, uh, I mean, where I am right now, I am in the Sandia foothills of New Mexico. It's beautiful here. I'm at 7,000 feet. The landscape is pristine. It's not developed, so I am in with the creatures. So I, I see my, I see my critters, my name, like the coyotes, the, uh, you know, the road runners, the scorpions and the snakes and the little foxes and the field mice and the, the big cats and all that kind of stuff. And the birds of prey and the vultures, the turkey vultures. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's just so fun for me. So I do that. Uh, and I, have a very simple yoga practice and a martial arts practice. I used to teach yoga, used to teach martial arts. I don't do it anymore. Really, really, really simple. 
you know, my physical practices are 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes long at the most. And I am in the best physical shape than I have ever been in my entire life. When I was dancing and working out and, you know, just killing myself, like what? Like, I don't do that stuff anymore, you know, but that's what I do, you know, and when I'm bothered by something, I have two friends and a mentor that I can actually go to, to like really get in there and uh, get real and get honest along with my journaling practices. So that one that I shared with you, uh, the polarity exercises, the squares, that is really my go-to where, you know, cause usually it's this, you know, and I just feel crazy. I feel spun. And then after I do that, it's like, oh, hmm, you know, and, and I like pretty things. I'm into aromatherapy. I'm into smelling nice things. My crystals, got all my babies here. <laughs> and it, it's just really surrounding myself with my tools and utilizing those tools. That's beautiful. And again, this is this is what part of the healing journey takes us to. It's where we can create our own reality, be in our own space. Yes. Yes. And we learn and we can always evolve the tools. But after years of practice and integration, we know what actually is going to work for us. Yes. And these tools really become the keys for us to be able to live our best life to show up, to be able to do the work and to be able to continue to transcend and transform this. this Absolutely. Uh, trauma, Absolutely. This trauma. And it's, and, so, and one yeah. size does not fit all. I mean, I've gone through uh, certain things where I used to be into guided meditations. You can't get me near one now. It's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I, I want to float into a coma when I, when, <laughs> So I, here's this guy. I can't, I can't do it. I just can't, I can't anymore. <laughs> I feel you on that. And I, would so I go out into nature. That's better for me. That's a guided meditation right there to just That's really pay attention to my layer of the universe. And uh, cause every time I'm out there, I was out there this morning and you know, there's a treat waiting for me. There's a critter there waiting for me to connect with it and, and just the, the, the sort of uh, magical nature of insects and uh, little critters, uh, water cockroaches, you know, it's like, wow, dude, you're a little far from where you should be because there is no water here right now. So it's odd, you know, and, and just the choices that we make, shall I go up the hill? Shall I go down? the arroyo and each choice opens this whole mm-hmm. magical journey of just witnessing mother nature witnessing the universe and uh you know my my little relationship with my layer of the universe it's pretty mm, cool the best meditation that i guess you won't be listening to my audio gadget meditations <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. Send it to me. I I actually do. I, I actually do. I have mantras that I do and I like those. So when I'm walking, quite often I'm doing one of my one of my um one of my mantras, Om Vom Namaha, you know, so I, I'm doing that. 
Yeah. Because it works for me. And it's all second chakra stuff, you know, and I, I work with a lot of, I work with a lot of people where that is a very, uh, that's a very tender, uh, powerful spot of their, uh, their human uh, experience. And Mm -hmm. they're, uh, so unwinding all of that trauma through just little baby steps and little tools, even with the mantra, you know, it's good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I would love to ask you now, what are your current offerings and where can people find your work? So people can find me, um, people are mostly finding me on the Instagram, which is, which is kind of amazing. So I, I have a weird relationship with Instagram. My uh, longtime assistant, Sabina, uh, I met her in 1997 in London. She passed away in May uh, 2018. And she was really kind of like my rock where uh, all the things that I did, she organized a lot of it, uh, like did all my retreats and my online stuff. And and then it was like over. It, it is very strange to not have that. So I've had to learn how to like really do things on my own and uh, not be so fancy. So um, uh, some people remember my old YouTube chat. I was fancy. I had false eyelashes. I was wearing couture. Everything was slick, edited. Now I got my fucking iPhone. I hit it. I'm like right here with my plants in the background. Uh, You know, bad lighting. I get a lot of emails about the bags under my eyes, you know, like whatever, this is not a fucking beauty channel, fuck off, you know? So I don't care. It's just, I have a lot of material. I've got a lot of content that needs to be shared in its simplest form. So that's what I'm focusing in on. I'm just now closing out a reality creation mastermind that I offered on discord. So that's, getting ready to finish uh, at the end of of November. And basically what I'm working on right now is several ebook launches, um, a a launch of a a feature film that is going to, quote unquote, uh, uh, prove the validity of energy work. I'm not part of it, but I'm one of the affiliates of it. And uh, not that I need that. But hey, it's a way to get the the word out because that's one of the important things is to debunk a lot of the shit that the matrix claims that gets people really afraid to check into other possibilities, check into why it is that they feel certain ways around certain people and check the energy of that. So so there's that. I'm also working on uh, five book projects, of which there's going to be a third edition of my first book. And then the second book and the third book, I'm going to combine it. I'm combining it in one unit and endeavoring to do that. The other thing that I'm doing is I'm making a new website uh, with my colleague, Adam uh, Finnegan. And uh, so that is lovetruthandbeauty.com. MarioWest.com is going to be redirected in there. So if people want to get a hold of me, 
uh, Instagram, at dakini.kiss is the best way. You can DM me there. And of course, there's the YouTube channel, Love, Truth, and Beauty. And uh, that's what's happening. Oh, the other thing that I'm doing, too, is um, I'm, uh, I know, I am really, really busy. I have actually uh, a number of trauma deactivator candidates right now that are going through their, they're going through the, not just the curriculum, but it's, it's testing time. And so they're turning in their video projects and all that kind of stuff. So I have, I have a winter's work (laughs) in terms of watching all the videos and, you know, making all the comments and, uh, you know, troubleshooting a lot of that. And it's just like, it's fun. I mean, this is part of, this is part of the work, you know, it's not for everybody, but you know, the people that seem to be attracted to this work are, they're, they're spot on. And these people are rare. You two are rare. The fact that you two are so young and get the components that really try to mm, just squish and squash down human creativity, the matrix, you get that. And you get that trauma cannot be healed within the matrix. That is like, it's platinum. It's platinum because most people who claim to be trauma healers, they're stuck in the matrix and they're not effective. And not only are they not effective, they're dangerous because they are triggering suicide programs, super soldier programs, of a lot of the uh, trauma-based mind control that has been perpetrated. Uh, I mean, these are crimes against humanity within the matrix. And uh, a lot of people don't give any of that stuff credence. They think it's bullshit, fake news. And uh, it's not fake news, it's for real. So thank you both for your work. It's the the background, right? Our life experience, the trauma and being in the matrix and being swallowed whole by the matrix and having to rip ourselves out of the belly of the beast. Exactly. This all adds on to more strength for us to continue to do this path. And I want to thank you for being this warrior and for paving the path for us. And I want to- My pleasure. I can only imagine, you know, how it was- Growing up in the in the well, being born in in the sixties, right? I was and born in the fifties. Okay, the fifties. So growing <laughs> up in the revolution, I mean, growing up through some very tough times where yes. you know we had rock stars at that time that were paving the way for the following generations in yes. this movement. So thank you so much for this work because I can only imagine how it must feel and the strength that it takes to be in this body still, you know. Yeah. And to be able to see all these shifts and to now be able to move through and be where you want to be, it takes a lot of work. And I want to acknowledge you that. And now you're able to use your superpower and you have all these amazing projects and you're just full power. And when I see you, I just see this eternal being who doesn't have an age, but is ancient and is still radiating and doesn't even Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and what is rare as well is that you are truly embodying your teachings and it's rare, you know, and you are yes. really, I can feel your energy. I feel into your energy. I feel into your light. 
you know, I feel you. I feel your heart. I feel, you know, like, uh, thank you. I feel you both. Well, and here's the thing, too, is that the moment I veer off the path, I get a bitch slap. The universe <laughs> just goes, the fuck are you doing? You know, and it's like, whoa. And I so I am very like I'm very acutely aware of, you know, the kind of my the places where I, you know, I, you know, I'm just completely cuckoo. And then I have to like, I got to snap my ass out of it. It's like, OK, girl. OK, let's do some polarity exercises. Let's do some squares. Do some squares. <laughs> or, or I call up one of my girls going, help me pull my head out of my butt because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I have those moments, you know, it's not it's not all like it's not all like happy, love and light. I don't know. There's some there's some times where I really sometimes this this I, I, I want to say this because it's kind of funny when I get to this place. So when I get to this place where I am just sick of shit and I get mad. And I start thinking, I wish a fucking comet would just come and just take us out because we don't deserve this place. I start laughing because I realize, oh, that is what the Matrix wants me to do. He wants me to get really upset and reactive to the shit show in the current screen of reality and get me to fucking trip out and wish for a comet to come to take out the world. And it's like, no, girl take it back. So it's like, and one of the things that I just, I love doing this is that anytime shit goes wrong, I seek the advantage of it because what it does is that it levels, it levels the matrix. And I'm back in the true quantum field creation field universe, owning my attention because what I'm doing is I'm turning it around. And I'm seeking the benefit and the advantage of any shit show that I find myself mesmerized by or adhering to. Okay. Because one of the powerful things in reality creation is that you can actually hop onto the momentum of a shit show and own it, own it in a way that catapults you, brings you closer to the creation that you are endeavoring to intend into materialization. And it is using the matrix for your own purposes, you know, doing no harm, wishing no ill to anybody, but seeing the benefits of what you can do, what you can do with that shit show and utilize in order to bring your work forward make a point that illuminates reality for folks who are really, really struggling with something. So um, that's one of the things that I'm learning how to do is to just like really hack into the technology of the matrix and not push up against it. Like I used to go get down on social media. I don't get down on it anymore. I utilize it as a tool to reach the people that I need to reach in order to effectively mm-hmm. teach people how to up-level and quantum jump their lives mm-hmm. and, and be that creative being. 
and uh, move through trauma and uh, and eliminate or or you know just really evolve from victim to victorious. I think that's really important. Powerful, powerful. Well, thank you so much for blessing us with your wisdom and your strength, your love, your truth, your beauty. It's all important. Thank you so much. Thank you both. It's really been an honor and a privilege. And uh, I love you both. Good job. Good work. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked the episode, please take a screenshot and share on social media. Stay tuned for our next episode with another amazing special guest.